Welcome to Leading Age Illinois E-News. For full stories and links, visit our website, www.leadingageil.org. Here are your top stories for the week of September 24, 2019. Do you provide ability-centered activities for your residents? Activity-centered care programming recognizes the residents' abilities and competencies in care planning. Tasks are adapted and modified for the residents' involvement at the maximum level of a resident's ability. Stay in compliance and register today for our upcoming webinar, Tipa Snow Presents, Developing Activities That Have Meaning for Those Living with Dementia. Leading Age launches video news program focusing on the latest in the aging services community. On September 16th, Leading Age launched their new video news program, the Monday Morning Minute. This program focuses on what's going on inside the office and responding to things going on in the aging services community. This week focuses on celebrating National Workforce Development Month. Now for skilled nursing news. Leading Age Illinois Nursing Facilities Cabinet Meeting. Leading Age Illinois Nursing Facilities Cabinet held their quarterly meeting at the Covenant Living on September 18, 2019. Jason Speaks, Manager of Policy and Communications, Leading Age Illinois, provided a policy update to the cabinet members. Medicaid staffing add-on for the nursing component was discussed. HFS released the template on the nurse staffing requirement on September 20th and will be hosting a training session on the HFS staffing plan and how nursing homes will meet state staffing ratios on October 1st, 2019 from 1 to 3 p.m. at Bobax in Woodridge. Leading Age Illinois continues working with IDPH and HFS to determine how monitoring of staffing will occur. Nursing homes must ensure that their PBJ data is correct and getting submitted as this data will be utilized. Currently, Leading Age Illinois and the two other long-term care associations along with SEIU are in negotiations with regard to what the definition of skilled care will be as a determinant on appropriate staffing levels. The top 10 survey tags are free of accident hazards, supervision devices, infection prevention and control, bowel, bladder incontinence, ADL care provided for dependent residents, quality of care, treatment services to prevent or heal pressure ulcer, food procurement, store prepare, serve under sanitary conditions, pharmacy services, procedures, pharmacists and records, Label store drugs and biologicals. Resident rights exercise of rights F580. Notify of changes. CMS updates MDS 3.0 RAI manual. CMS has updated the MDS 3.0 RAI manual and MDS forms ahead of PDPM implementation now less than two weeks away. This version of the RAI manual contains clarification and revisions to the version previously released in May. It is available as a zip file in the related links section of the MDS 3.0 RAI manual page of the CMS website. IDPH proposes changes to nursing assistant regulations. IDPH recently proposed amendments to long-term care assistance and AIDS training programs. 
aligning the requirements for nursing assistant training with federal regulations. New sections have been added that establish an advanced nursing assistant training program, leading to certification as a certified nursing assistant too, in addition to the existing basic nursing assistant training program for certification as a CNA. The rulemaking sets forth the criteria for individuals to become certified as a CNA too, and for the ANATPs to learn DPH approval. An ANATP must be sponsored by a community college, vocational or private business school, long-term care facility, or licensed home health agency, and must already have a department-approved BNATP. An ANTP, of course, must include a minimum of 120 hours of instruction, consisting of 80 hours of classroom or laboratory instruction, and 40 hours clinical practicum. ANATP instructors must be registered professional nurses with specified levels of teaching experience or who have successfully completed an IDPH Train the Trainer course. ANATP programs will be reviewed for certification at least every two years. The rulemaking also updates requirements for BNATP instructors. If you have any questions, contact Jason Speaks. Now assisted living news. Assisted Living Update Linda Kovarik, RN, HFSN Division Chief, IDPH Division of Assisted Living provided an Assisted Living Update recently during her presentation at the Leading Age Illinois Senior Living Conference. She covered survey compliance issues which included delay of getting documents to surveyors in a timely manner, policies and procedures for social media and cell phones, organization of orientation and ongoing training documentation, Referring to recent complaints in proper nursing care to include falls and neglect of staff, medication errors, not enough staff for residents in AL and MC, narcotics not being accounted for, call bells not answered in a timely manner, residents not being toileted, depends soiled, resident to resident altercations, turnover of administrative and care staff. Referring to recent annual surveys, Missing health exams, TB tests, HCWBC, fire and tornado drills, service plan documentation, and orientation ongoing training documentation. She also reviewed dementia care requirements for staff working in memory. She talked about dementia supervisor requirements and referenced code 973.14A1 and 2. Supervisor must complete at least 12 hours of continuing education annually, especially related to the care of residents and clients with Alzheimer's disease or other related dementias, and shall have documented coursework in dementia care and ability-centered care. Leading Age Illinois will be hosting a webinar on October 10th at 10 a.m. TIPA Snow presents developing activities that have meaning for those living with dementia. Registration is now open for this webinar and have your direct care staff and activity directors attend this informative webinar. Next is supportive living news. Provider notice. Williams consent decree. The Illinois Department of Healthcare and Family Services has posted a new provider notice regarding the Williams consent decree. Requesting pre-admission screens. CCUs are receiving increased requests for pre-admission screenings for potential SLP residents since the department's training with providers in August. 
This training reviewed new requirements for pre-admission processes, including SLP staff not conducting an assessment related to medical or clinical areas prior to receipt of the HFS 2536 Interagency Certification of Screening Results Form, OBRA-1 form, and any applicable mental health or developmental disability assessments. When requesting pre-admission assessments from CCUs and Department of Human Services staff, please be respectful of staff resources. HFS has asked that you do not request a pre-admission assessment for someone who will be on a waiting list for months. Pre-admission assessments should not be requested for the purpose of allowing the SLP staff to complete an assessment of a potential resident who will be on the waiting list for an extended amount of time. Since the pre-admission assessment is valid for only 90 days, this may result in the CCU having to complete another assessment if requested too far in advance of the actual admission. The department understands waiting list times may be hard to estimate, but we ask that SLP staff use their best judgment based on average turnover within the building. For example, if someone is number 50 on a waiting list, their pre-admission assessment can probably wait for a while. The CCU staff is required to complete the pre-admission assessment within a very tight time frame. Completing pre-admission screens that are not related to a pending admission within 90 days is not a good use of their time. Next is housing news. Local HUD update. Gail Burks of the local HUD office in Chicago presented recently at the Leading Age Illinois Senior Living Conference on issues important to housing members. HUD leadership. Brian Montgomery is acting duty deputy secretary. Lamar Seats is multifamily deputy assistant secretary. Tobias Halliday is multifamily director of OAMPO. Brian Murray is Multifamily Deputy Director of OAMPO. HUD Handbook 4350.1 HUD staff is currently redrafting the handbook. Current version was published in 1992. 30 authors working on 43 chapters. Objectives of the handbook Incorporate all notices, regulations, and policy updates into the new handbook. Promote consistency between HUD programs and offices. Update the language to reflect any changes in technology and business practices, and turn the handbook into outward-facing policy guides and supplement them with internal guidance for HUD staff. Section 202 NOFA. First funds for construction of new elderly housing since 2010 and supports construction of new units with deep rental assistance for most vulnerable communities of HUD communities. Section 811 NOFA, uh, supportive housing for people with disabilities, standardization of REAC inspection notification timelines, notice H-2019-04. There is now a 14 calendar day inspection notification. The goal is to achieve a more accurate picture of how project is being maintained year-round. General concept? Property is notified 14 calendar days before the inspection. If the owner agent refuses to schedule or cancels the first date, the score will be presumptive zero. One additional re-inspection within seven, or seven calendar days, otherwise the score will be held at zero. What to do when a project receives a zero as a result of an owner refusing to allow HUD to inspect? Default of Contractual Obligations, HUD will place a flag in APPS. Issue of Notice Defaults, 
of contractual obligation. Take 100% survey of project and submit owner certification that all deficiencies have been corrected and project now meets UPCS and local code within 60 days of receipt of NOD. HUD will inspect again soon after the 60-day cure period expires. No distribution until default is corrected. If you have any questions related to HUD, please contact Jason Speaks. Federal Budget Update Linda Couch provided an update on the federal funding of HUD recently during her presentation at the Leading Age Illinois Senior Living Conference. Fiscal Year 20 Appropriations The House HUD Appropriations Bill is 6.6% greater than the Fiscal Year 19 budget. There is some new funding for 202s and service coordinators, full renewal funding, increased homeless assistance funding, expansion of home and community development block grant funding, and provides protection of the National Housing Trust Fund. Budget caps detail, fiscal year 20, 4.5% increase over fiscal year 19. Fiscal year 21 is barely above fiscal year 20 and no caps after fiscal year 21. If you have any questions related to senior housing, please contact Jason Speaks. HOTMA proposed rule published for comment. HUD issued September 17th a proposed rule entitled Housing Opportunity Through Modernization Act of 2016, Implementation of Sections 102, 103, and 104, for comment by November 18th. This proposal discusses long-awaited certification burden-reducing measures by changing verification thresholds for calculating income from assets, medical expense deductions, increasing the upfront elderly allowance, and more. Section 102 proposes changed requirements pertaining to income reviews for public housing and HUD Section 8 programs. Section 104 sets maximum limits on the assets or ownership of a home suitable for occupancy that families residing in public housing and Section 8 assisted housing may have, but includes owner flexibilities in establishing their own policies that may vary. Though comments may be submitted regarding any part of the proposed rule, HUD is specifically seeking feedback on the potential administrative burden or other considerations that HUD should be aware of in relation to certain sections applying to public housing and the HCV and project-based voucher programs, but not to project-based rental assistance and Section 202-811. HUD has also provided a number of specific questions that it hopes commenters will address. Comments are due to HUD no later than November 18th and may be submitted via the regula- via regulations.gov portal and should reference docket number FR-60570-P-OA. Questions regarding multifamily PBRA programs and HOTMA may be directed to Kate Niv, Director, Assisted Living Housing Oversight Division, Project of Multifamily Housing at k-a-t-h-e-r-i-n-e dot a dot n-z-i-v-e at hud.gov. Now for other news. Take part in Leading Age Illinois PAC. Contributing to the Leading Age Illinois PAC is a key part of protecting the industry against harmful legislation limiting the ability to provide the highest quality care and services to older adults. Like our voices, our contributions collectively make a large difference in providing the strength and ability to pool our resources and influence public policy. 
you can contribute online anytime on the PAC webpage. Members got a chance to contribute to the PAC while also having some fun at the Senior Living Conference. The PAC Wine Toss made another appearance as it did last year and several members made attempts while supporting the PAC. The Wine Toss returns at the annual convention this coming spring. If you have any questions, contact Jason Speaks. Upcoming Education HFS Provider Staffing Plans for Long-Term Care in Woodridge is October 1st. TIPA Snow presents Developing Activities that Have Meaning for Those Living with Dementia webinar is October 10th. Assisted Living Boot Camp in Woodridge is November 12th and 13th. And Private Duty Symposium is November 13th. Those are your stories for this week. Thanks for listening.